Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back. Redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise Today. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood 
keeper of the Chronicle and all around the spooky dude. While Iris was off on her own side quest, the rest of the coterie met with Sergeant McGregor in the graveyard. Everett found out Jocelyn St. James was continuing her vampire killing spree and Billy Kincaid was in the hospital. While Ridley makes plans to expand his taxicab empire and impersonate the doctor to get access to Everett's wounded friend. Can they save Billy Kincaid from the wounds Iris unknowingly inflicted upon her? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Ridley and Everett, it's not your first time in a, a mortal hospital uh, since turning. You, you've actually frequented these uh, quite a bit. Uh, and unfortunately, as uh, we determined last time, uh, the one you're headed to is not uh, one that is in the DeSanti uh, family, although he's got his eyes on it. Um, instead, uh, you find yourselves um, in your trusty, trusty Dinkeldorf cab uh, being driven cross town uh, by your old friend, little Timmy Jones, who is uh, doing some consternation because he just got cut off by a guy with an Uber sticker in the back window. So he's mid monologue saying, oh, yeah, you know, I just I mean, it's, it's fine that you want to drive. But, um, you know, all of us drive and I had to I had to pay for this license. And if I known I could have just bought a sticker, maybe I just would have done that and put it in my back. I mean, you see some guys who got Lyft and Uber. And I guess that means they can drive for both. But uh, it seems like, a, a you know, a Capulet and Montague situation, you know, from the play Romeo and Juliet. And I don't really know if I, I'm not a political guy, so I don't really know if I want to pick a side. Hey, you guys are going to the hospital, right? You guys OK? Do you need like a sick bag? I got one up here. Normally I keep it for me. Sometimes I get a little road sick, but, you know, it's only when I try and uh, listen to podcasts. Um, now, if, if, if you could just uh, take as many turns as possible in getting to the hospital, that would be ideal, I think. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Not a, not a direct route kind of guy. See, that's the kind of thing you just can't get in an Uber or a Lyft. Cause you know, they follow the little computer screen and it, it never lets you uh, turn left or right. And if it does, it gets real mad at you, which I wouldn't mind because it's just a computer, but it kind of sounds like my mom and I'm kind of worried I'm letting her down. You know, she's got a certain tone and it kind of tells me, you know, you missed that turn back there. And I'm like, I know mom, I'm trying. Okay. Well, I'll just hang left here then. All right. It's going to be a few minutes. Sorry. I'm going to concentrate on the, hang on. Oh, okay, great. God. All right. Uh, I, I just got to yeah. concentrate on driving. If I'm going to make all these turns, um, I'll let you know if I need the sick bag so you can hold your breath so you don't have to smell anything. I can roll down the windows, but it really doesn't help that much. So I'm just going to focus for a bit. Uh, sorry, guys. I know you're, you're both uh, conversationalists and this is part of the experience of the Dinkeldorf cabs, but uh, I'm going to have to take a break. You know, I've got to say he's growing on me like over time. <laughs> starting to like him. <laughs> <laughs> thank you he says after like an active pause as he makes another turn uh yeah look so i think we should review uh how we approach uh billy here she's you know she's a police officer might even have some cops kind of camped out you know watching over her or something like that are you comfortable with that well, I mean, I don't, I'm a doctor, right? Like, I'm Dr. Beef. Get the fuck out of the way. I got to save your friend or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, if they say no, what does Dr. Beef do? Does Dr. Well, Beef kill someone? Well, I mean, I've got these new gloves. Like, oh, I, I, want to, I want to use them. Like, I thought I those were more for vampires than for regular folk. Well, you know, any ship in a storm is what they say, but That's okay, not- so. Okay, That's not I, what they I, say about punching you know what? people you know to death. What? I'm agreeing with you. I don't think we need to just kill a bunch of police officers in the middle of downtown for ultimately 
the purpose of making sure someone's okay. That feels kind of stupid. Yeah. I apologise. The gloves are staying in the fucking holster. What do you want to do? You know cops. Well, I think we make a uh, uh, the regular approach, the Dr. Beef approach. And if that doesn't work, I think we try climbing in through the window. Okay. Because if we can't talk our way through, I don't see why we need to force our way in just yet. We can, well, we can sneak in. Well, I mean, what are you going to say? Because, I mean, I'm just going to go in and try to look like a doctor, but you're just some guy in the suit. I mean, I know uh, Billy Kincaid. Uh, we, we've met. Wait, are so, you? Are, is, she, is she married? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, Mr. Kincaid, I think we need to take you in so you can see your wife. That seems like a bold choice. I'm sure her colleagues would know her husband or even if she's married or not. Yeah, but her colleagues are going to be fucking flattened by cars and shot by the beer boys. Like, they're not going to be around. These are just going to be fucking stiffs who are standing there. All right, I guess we can make that assumption. Uh, anyway, look, we're trying to get her to put, to, to, to make the orphans patsies on Dr. Skull's murder. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fucking smart. Uh, Whatever we dress you up so, like a nurse, we get you in a fucking hallway, we get you in scrubs and shit. Sure, it, it really doesn't matter to me how how I'm dressed for this, uh, just so long as we don't hurt too many people, you know. Not like, not for the reasons you're thinking, it's just we don't need the attention right now. No, I, I've, I've agreed with you on that. I don't. That it would just be a distraction at this point, and it would bring heat on us, and we don't fucking need that. We want the heat on the orphans. Yeah. So if exactly. anything goes bad, we yell, "Go orphans!" Uh, and then we get the fuck out. All right. Yeah, that we'll keep that in our back pocket too. I, I guess. God, I hope we don't have to do that. Does that work? In you know your experiences as a gangster, do you say go other team, and then they just the cops are on them? Well, I, I mean. Cops are fucking dumb, so like I don't fuck like I don't know. I've never seen it directly work, but like it can't do any fucking harm. All right. <laughs> Imagine if someone else committed a crime and they were like, "Everybody, check out the fucking waiting room in that DeSantis hospital." Somebody'd go fucking knock on the door, and then I'd have to fucking eat them. Yeah, I guess there's some kind of twisted sense to that. Well, if someone committed a robbery at like a bank and they yelled the name of a gang and an address going out the door and you were given a case, would you go check the address or no? I would be, I would be, uh, it would be my duty to investigate any and all leads. So, yeah. Yeah, well, neither of us are fucking citizens of this country. You fucking won't know anything from fingerprints or whatever. And on videotape, we could be fucking anyone if we're dressed like hospital employees. So, bingo, bango, bongo. Fuck the orphans. Right, yeah. Fuck the orphans, yeah. Uh let's let's try let's try doctor and nurse first. How's that sound? Yeah, that's what I want to do too. This feels nice, you know? It's circuitous, but we're coming around to the place where we started and I feel safer there. Yeah, well speaking of circuitous, are we there yet there, uh little Timmy? Um, and you, you see the, the hospital, uh, and there's a fucking line of, of cars and people, um, kind of leading up to the entrance. There's a lot of people crowded around. Um, you can see, um, much like after any major disaster, there's like vigil walls, um, with like pictures of missing people. Um, and, uh, it's, it's pretty crowded. Um, that said, because he's dropping you off, um, he's able to get pretty close. So, um, he just, uh, turns a final corner. 
Uh, and after a moment of silence, uh, yeah, so uh, the hospital's right up there. Uh, also, uh, it's uh, it's port in a storm. Any port in a storm? Yeah, uh, earlier you said a ship in a storm. The, uh, the saying is, uh, is port in a storm when you punch someone to death, I guess. No, uh, see, I still don't think it applies. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I've never heard it applied to that either. But, you know, it, based on the doctor's opinion, I mean, I'm inclined to trust doctors. They generally know what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, listen, I mean, guys, I got to stop here because this is as close as I'm going to get. But, like, you know, if we want to pick up this doctor chat later, I can I can, uh, I can, can look it up on a Bing search uh, and we can kind of see what's, what's what. But uh, I'll make sure to do that for your next ride. Uh, if you need me, I guess I'll just park uh, as close as I can. It looks like the visitor parking's full. So... Uh, I think there's a coffee time donuts a little ways from here. I could maybe park there, but I might have to buy a donut. Is the vehicle in motion still? He, he's just like pulled up to stop. Okay, I, I, I'm leaving. I'm getting out. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll see you later then. Uh, good luck, I guess. Thank you for... T- oh, he closed the door. All right. Well, guess it's just me and coffee time. <laughs> and the cab slowly pulls away. Um, like, I'm going to get out too. <laughs> he climbs out the side door and goes. <laughs> you see... Uh, they're right. I should use my rear views more. Oh, well, okay. Can only fail forward. You sure he drives away. Um, so you're, you find yourself standing outside uh, the hospital. Um, the, again, the, the, the front doors are, um, there's some uh, police and looks like uh, some kind of hired security from some kind of firm, uh, just kind of um, uh, doing crowd control. There's barricades set up. Uh, they're obviously trying to carve out space for the ambulances to get in and out. Um, the ambulances are likely dropping off elsewhere, but like every entrance seems to be swarmed by people. Uh, but uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a heavy crowd situation. Um, okay. um, Ridley yeah. is pretty like crafty, and he's probably had to get into and out of a lot of places. Can, can he like eyeball the building to see if he can find the way that he thinks to be the most likely to get in, just either to not be paid attention to or where he could bluff the strongest? Yeah, dog. Give me a uh, wits and streetwise. Dope. Oh, that is. Three successes, two of them on tens, but no, no hunger dice. So, so just, just a regular successy. Regular successy. Yeah, I don't like it either. It's like all the air going out of a balloon, or a record player slowly dying. <laughs> yeah, or, or tape stretching. You know, all other you references like... that people born in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> It's like when your Spotify playlist is played on increasingly slower speeds until it sounds bad and you press stop. It's like when you open the wrong YouTube lyric video and it's there a knockoff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, cool. That's still a tremendous amount of successes, though. So, um, yeah, um, Ridley, this is actually a pretty good, pretty good scene for you. Uh, you're pretty happy that it's this crowded. Uh, this much chaos means there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, more importantly, it seems as though um, with the mix of hired security and police, uh, likely a lot of people who don't recognize uh, every face coming through. So when you've kind of done this sort of stuff previously, it can there's advantages to both, but there is a certain advantage to the anonymity of a crowd rather than having to just walk in through the front door and be like, I'm a doctor. Don't mind me. I'm British. Um, there's uh, there's likely a little bit more room. Also, given the, the amount of crowding and, and chaos, the odds of of unfamiliar doctors, perhaps, pardon me, from other places, might be might be present as well. So yeah, um, to your mind, um, 
there's likely uh, a physician's entrance and exit, like a staff entrance and exit, um, kind of off to one side. It is very heavily guarded. So basically, your options are heavily guarded staff entrance that you actually, from your playing by Hitman rules, based on your outfit and kind of your your rough plan, um, would be theoretically easier to get through, but the security is tighter. So they might ask you questions that you might not have answers to, but there's no mob and you're dressed like a doctor. Alternatively, you can try and go in through the front door. Um, there's the full crowd there. So there's other potential distractions. Plus once you're inside, it'll be harder to get to where you want to go because as a doctor, you probably should have come through the side entrance. So those are your two major vectors to Everett's earlier question. Um, windows are a possibility, but you need to find a place that you probably need to create a distraction in order to get around the side of the building and climb up just because there's so many people that there are kind of eyes everywhere. It's a dumb example, but honestly, this uh, like the best visual for this is like imagine a film premiere. So there's like a little bit of a quarantined off zone and then just a fucking mob of people kind of stretching out. So unfortunately, if you go down a back alley, there's still people kind of back there, you know, taking a leak while they wait to get in, having a smoke, like generally milling about kind of waiting for their chance to get in. All right. So we can go in the front and everybody's a bit fucking confused. It might take us more time to find Billy or we go in a fucking VIP entrance, but they seem to know what the fuck's going on, so it could be harder to get in. Well, I don't think Billy's going anywhere. I fucking echo the sentiment. There's no rush right now. More importantly, we don't get fucking caught in this fucking circus. Okay, so yeah, Tom, well, he'll just start marching towards the front door. Okay, amazing. Um, so uh, you reach the crowd, and they're you know jostling, looking around. What's your tactic for getting through? You're bowling through. You try and talk your way through. What's up? I think Ridley'd be bowling through, just yelling, "I'm a doctor. I need to do my fucking job. Get the fuck out of the way, animals!" And he's just shoving people left and right. Cool. Can I get uh, an intimidation from you, sir? With I think manipulation or resolve. I'd also take resolve. I feel like you're just a fucking. <laughs> bowling ball just like going through the pins that is four successes out of five with two tens we gotta get am- you fucking hungry man i we're missing out on some some truly <laughs> mestacular success Billy would have killed everyone in the hospital already <laughs> yeah you do that vitamin c pack you just ate everyone um great so you're just barreling ahead uh everett um ridley just fucking takes off like a bolt um, are you just doing that like uh, like crowd control VIP thing where you just kind of like rush along behind him? Um, are you trying to do something I'll, else? What's your plan? I'll follow him in his wake that he creates in the crowd. Great. Um, all right. Well, with that many successes, I think your like Danny DeVito height and sort of squatness mixed with your general strength and the fact that you're dressed like a doctor and the fact that you're yelling in a Cockney accent, which still somehow in our colonialist country still somehow carries like an unnecessary amount of authority maybe because every historical figure we've ever met in a movie has one um people are like getting out of the way um because the americans are afraid of them yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean honestly the french perhaps or just angry uh, either way they're just getting bumped out of the way um but you are yelling in french so it's fine uh anyway everyone clears out um and uh you you make your way towards the door you reach the doors and uh, immediately um, a, uh, a cop kind of saunters uh, out in front of you. Um, he, uh, he kind of uh, looks you up and down um, and just says, uh, 
uh hi uh doctor what what are you doing coming in through the front door did you get lost my name's Dr. Richard Johnson. I've been called in from the airport. I'm a trauma surgeon. They told me I needed to be here, but they, they don't have my fucking info over there. I need to get in. There's someone on the slab, and they ain't going to make it. If I don't get in here, talk to the head nurse, and get where I need to go. Well, uh, oh, that sounds pretty bad. Uh, all right, I'll call that in. Uh, what kind of doctor did you say you are so I can get the, get them to, to prep the right unit? I'm a trauma surgeon. Uh, the, the trauma's already happened. We don't have time to call this in. I'm telling you, I scrubbed up. We got to go. Um, all right, give me another um, intimidation and manipulation. Uh, oh, well, actually, no, I guess you're going with persuasion. You're not really intimidating him. <laughs> if you fuck this up, someone's going to die, and I'll sue you till you don't own any fucking pants. Intimidation! <laughs> um, I, need that, I need that extra die. <laughs> Ryan, uh, I, do, I do just want to clarify one thing before you roll this, though, um, for difficulty's sake. Um. Uh, I guess you guys haven't gotten any tussles since you left. So your doctor outfit would still be relatively clean. Is that fair? Correct. Okay, great. So when you say you've scrubbed up, it actually tracks, not like the alternative version that I ran briefly in my head that I needed to confirm that like, you're like covered in blood and dirt and just like, <laughs> I'm scrubbed up. And he's like, no, he's perfectly clean, but he looks like a burn victim. Like he is heavily injured still. But again, British. So like, what are you going to do? <laughs> he's All probably right. got five PhDs. No MDs, but five PhDs. I have three successes this time. All right, you just make it. Um, he uh, he kind of shakes his head and he's like, uh, "Well, uh, uh, all right, um, you can uh, you can head on in. Just uh, you know, next time side door, we'll get you in faster. No, come on, go save some lives." And he like slaps you on the back. Actually, come with me, assistant. He's Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. It's me, Tyler Hewitt. I normally play Everett Fry, but today I'm playing the role of guy who will talk to you about Patreon. That's right. Dum Dums and Dice has a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dice, you can support us at a number of different levels. For example, for $25 a month, you get your name added in the special thank yous at the end of every episode. And you get to create an NPC of your own that will join the cast of Dum Dums and Dragons or Blood and Syrup or the Valentine Heresy in their adventures. You don't have to be bitten by a vampire to be immortalized, okay? It, it's, it can be so much simpler. Patreon.com slash Dum Dum Dice, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Okay? Memorize it. Type it. Click it. The clicking part is, is subscribing. All right. You got this. and Dice would like to welcome you to Karth's Code and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. Karth's Code and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! Episodes are available now. Everett, can you roll me a 
subterfuge and wits, please. Subterfuge gives me zero. Wits gives me four. Yeah, we haven't seen uh, Everett play a game of like fucking Jeopardy because he would kick ass. He's, you know, witty, smart. We've just never seen it. That's two successes. One of them is a 10 and it's on a hunger die, but I don't think that amounts to anything because there's no other crits. No, you need a second 10. Yeah. <sighs> Regular success. Um, curse this YouTube channel. <laughs> um, okay. So- hey, Zoom. As uh, Tyler, as Everett uh, gets pulled forward, uh, you get that that look that people get in movies when they're worried that there are like double agents everywhere, where the cop just kind of like his eyes narrow a little bit and he seems to just be kind of giving you a look. Um, you realize that uh, based on um, the earlier baby napping incident, uh, there, there may well still be record of what you look like and uh, kind of like rough descriptions of you. So this cop kind of gives you the look, but you're you're clever enough to kind of like look away and kind of duck behind someone. Uh, happily, Ridley is a big enough distraction. And also there's still people trying to get in that the cop turns back. Um, but you realize that uh, you, you must tread lightly uh, amongst the, uh, the Montreal police. Um, Although perhaps this guy's just super sharp. Not that you know it from the way he dealt with Ridley, but maybe. Um, that said, uh, you have made it successfully into the hospital. So, um, Ridley, you're stalking forward because uh, you've declared yourself a trauma surgeon. Um, where do you go? Uh, Ridley is looking for... Um, he probably just keeps stalking. Like, I feel like he's going to do that thing that we've all done while working a, a job that we do not want to be stopped at. You just look important and busy. Uh, he's trying to find a nursing station that's really out of the way. Basically, he wants a computer that he can give access to Everett. He really can't fucking read, so a computer mm-hmm. is an expensive box. But uh, if there's a computer that Everett can talk to, or if they can get like a nurse on their own. He wants somebody that they can kind of like barnstorm and keep distracted while getting information. Right. Okay. Um, as Ridley's casting around for that, Everett, uh, as as someone who's uh, privy to this plan, which of those two options do you think you would pursue? Uh, computer. Okay. Um, so you do see a terminal. Um, it is uh, currently uh, manned by um, uh, sort of like uh, a nurse, an orderly, and uh, just a really bedraggled doctor. And... Um, She's just saying like, okay, well, I don't know, move them around, uh, just put in more beds. I don't know. And the, the nurse he just kind of rolls his eyes and he's like, look, doc, we put as many beds in as we can. We just got to start discharging people. Um, and the orderly just kind of nods and says, yeah, what, what he said. Uh, they seem to be having like a little argument about where to put people. Um, Everett, you can probably get to this computer. They're not like standing over the computer. They're discussing near the computer, uh, but you'll definitely need a distraction. So I would suggest Ridley, you're going to have to deal with um, the doctor, the nurse and the orderly. Well, Everett, you slip up to the computer. Are there people like lining the hall, Tom, or anything? Or is this just like inside the kind of empty hallway? It's, uh, it's a little less chaotic just in um, this sort of entry area. You're still like pretty much in the, the central lobby. So it's actually pretty big and airy. Um, you get a sense that uh, look, like kind of as you look down the halls, you can see there are people like sitting against the walls. There's definitely like injured people kind of everywhere. But in this front area, they've tried to keep it as clear as possible so they can move people through it uh, at pace. 
As he's looking in the nearby rooms, uh, Ridley is hoping that he could see someone who is unconscious, who has one of those beeping heart monitors on. Can he see someone like that? Sure. Roll me an awareness and, or I'd say awareness or investigation. And I think probably resolve. Two successes. Okay. Um, you don't find someone unconscious, but you do find someone hooked up to one of the beep beep machines. Um, they are uh, currently watching an episode of Seinfeld. Uh, what do they kind of? What do they look like? Um, they are a uh, sort of um, older guy. Uh, looks like he's in his uh, his like probably early seventies. Um, kind of got a uh, sweeping hair, um, bit of a bit of a supercilious smirk on his face. Uh, he looks vaguely familiar. You can't quite place him. Uh, and uh, he's just uh, chuckling to himself. And he's like, oh, that Kramer, very funny. I'll, I'll have to tell my brother Jean about this. <laughs> it's funny because he doesn't respect the boundaries of his neighbors. <laughs> so Ridley is just going to go and take the chart that will be either on the door or at the foot of the bed or whatever and kind of hold it up between him and the guy and go over and look at the heart machine and just be like, oh, so uh, I can see... Uh, you do you deal with any uh, chess, but what do you do for a living? <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, look at this guy. Hey, what, what happened to your face there, bud? Did you did you lose a fight with a George Foreman grill? Oh, this is perfect. Uh, and then he just like the clock him one real hard in the head, because now that the guy's rude, he feels like he can hit him. Um, yeah, you punch him uh, at the same time that Kramer throws open a door and it bangs a wall. Uh, so no one hears it. Uh, and he just like flips up and off the bed. He's pretty frail under the covers. Oh, fuck me. All right. Um, <laughs> he's going to circle around. Uh, he's just laying face down. The back of his apron's open. You can see his butt. It's real gross. <laughs> he would just like to reach down. And if he's got the heart monitor thing on, he just wants to unplug one of them and see what happens. Uh, sure. It goes from beep, 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 beep to a classic beep. Okay, and he's just going to run out into the hallway and be like, the guy's dying in here! We need a team! We need a team! Stat code blue! And the people from the, the computer are just like, wait a minute, is that... Oh, crap, it's the former Prime Minister's brother's room. Quick, everyone to Sean Kerchan's room! Um, and they, they all rush in um, d- desperately. Uh, and like someone comes like running by with a fancy blanket. Um, and they're just like, oh, no, we got overstimulated by Seinfeld again. Um and uh they uh they start causing a kerfuffle. Uh Everett, you have Ridley your Ridley just Yeah, Ridley just turns to Everett, gives him a wink and a thumbs up, and then he's like, I'm dying! We're all gonna get sued. Like he's just yelling things to <laughs> like how how did he get off the bed? So Everett, you sidle up to the computer terminal. Um I don't think we've ever rolled this before, but I'm gonna need a technology check. Uh, combined with what? Because right now I'm not rolling any dice if we're doing a technology check. <laughs> Just start bashing your hands on the keyboard. Um, I think uh, I would take intelligence or resolve, I think. Okay. So this is an all hunger dice roll. Two tens. Two tens. Come on, baby. All fails. Two fives and a two. Uh, oh no! The motherfucker's password protected. Um, the uh, you you quickly start typing, uh, and it it blinks angrily at you. Um, 
You quickly look around uh, the terminal, seeing if anyone's left a convenient video game post-it note with a code on it. Uh, they have not, uh, but, and here's just an underhand pitch to you, sir. Uh, you can roll me an investigation with uh, resolve, please. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, four successes. There you go. Um, so you quickly look around. Uh, you're beginning to panic. Um, and uh, you see the um, uh, the nurse is, uh, is like, as everyone else is rushing in to help Sean Chrétien, um, he's looking at his phone. Uh, and he's got a, uh, just like a, a little um, Hello Kitty dongle hanging off of it. And so in an act of just pure desperation, you just punch in Hello Kitty and hit enter. Um, you, uh, you remember being relatively pissed off um, when uh, Harvey insisted on explaining why these things had started showing up in cafes near you. Uh, and he thought they were very charming, uh, except he kept calling it Hello Cat. Uh, so it just kind of got stuck in your head. Um, so you quickly type in Hello Kitty and sure enough, uh, the, uh, the terminal opens and you are in. Uh, if you had an earpiece and you were hacking, you could tell the team, I'm in. Right. Um, so you are in. Um, it is a bit of a mess, but uh, you're obviously able to search uh, search for Kincaid. Um, she's on the third floor. Um, because she is a cop, she's in slightly better uh, rooms than anyone else. Um, you'd been told she was in a coma, uh, and it would seem that she is stable but unconscious. All right. Uh, and I'll just like, like exit out of everything. So it's like back to like the main screen uh, and then I'll lock the screen and I'll start walking down the hallway uh, towards uh, Ridley. Great. Ridley, the prime minister's brother, Sean Chrétien is, uh, is kind of like in a daze. Uh, doctors are, are rushing around being like, what's, what's wrong with them? And one of them turns oh, to the- you and says, doctor, what? Ridley's the fuck out of here. Where'd, <laughs> I'm Where'd that other doctor up? go? I'm, I'm going to help them prep the OR. And then he just fucking books it because he does not want to yeah. deal with this fucking guy. And you just hear someone be like, hey, if you see Deadpool, you got to stop him. Also, can you believe that George is trying to date two women? What a world. Um, and uh, you uh, you book it down the hall uh, to catch up to Everett. Um, I think it's one of those like Everett holding the elevator door uh, and you just kind of slip in uh, and the two of you have a moment. So third floor is where a lot of the cops who were uh, injured during the uh, Inquisition raid are. So it's going to be a pretty police heavy floor. Uh, you have not obtained nurse scrubs. So currently it's it's uh, detective in very nice detective clothes. And can Ridley hit the second floor button so that we get off before the third? Sure. Yep. It's like, okay, so we need to dress you up, no? Like, we got to get you out of this. Because that guy by the front, he fucking looked at you weird, mate. I don't like it. Yeah, I noticed that, too. They probably have a police sketch of me from when I was pulled, taken in by the cops and, and Jocelyn freed me. Okay, so if we switch you over to some scrubs, we could put one of those fucking surgical masks on you. We'll put another one on me, and then we can go up. But if someone has to demask, no one's got to paint you, and me fucking burnt as shit. So we should be okay. Yeah, and hopefully this, you know, bullet hole in my head won't be, you know, too obvious. 
Okay, we're going to get you one of those surgical caps too. We're just going to fucking cover you up because that is not good. No, it's not. It's not a, a good look. Also, uh, I had to punch an old man. I didn't want to do it, but he was a little bit rude, so it really? felt all right. All right, man. Uh, there's going to be cops all over this floor when we go to see Billy. All right, so you gotta you gotta get that shit out of your system. Yeah, no, no, no. I was I, I was unsettled down there. Upstairs, subtle as fuck. I'm going to be fucking a prince among men. I'm going to make friends. Maybe we'll bribe someone. It'll be so classy. All right. I hope so. Uh, and with that, the elevator doors open uh, and you find yourself in a, a ward just packed with people. Uh, there are just people everywhere. Uh, you realize it's going to be pretty hard to steal an outfit. What do you do? This is like all the civvies are here. So it's just like, Line in the walls, rooms are over stuff. There are nurses and doctors kind of running from room to room. So I'm thinking we try to fourth floor. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good with that. Yeah. So look at the elevator. Right, the fourth three floor. floor attempts later, you finally find um, a a floor uh, with a lot of the chronic patients. Um, within a, a few minutes of searching, uh, you're able to find. Uh, just like a supply closet with with extra scrubs. Um, I was going to make you roll a bunch of stuff, but if you're just going to keep going to different floors, checking out different <laughs> floors, I think we can skip like knock, knock, knock. Like I want to basically just skip the Feast for Crows portion of this where it's just like, hi, I'm Brian of Tarth. I'm going to go door to door looking for a character we are aware is on a different continent. Knock, knock. Hi, looking for this person. Not here. Well, shit. All right. I'll see you in a few. Um, so yes, you, you scrub up, um, the elevator doors close dramatically. They reopen and, uh, Dr. Beef and, uh, nurse fry are, are ready to rock. Um, and, um, with that, uh, you begin, uh, heading down the hallway. Um, you know, uh, Billy's in, uh, room, uh, 327. So, uh, you make your way towards that. Um, and, uh, as you uh, as you approach, um, there are uh, a couple cops uh, out in front, um, just kind of obviously keeping an eye on the space. Um, but that was to be expected. Uh, the two of you kind of like take a moment, nod to each other. You've done this bit before, uh, and uh, you confidently stride towards them, completely unaware of the pair of eyes that tracks both of you as you walk down the hall and the thin fanged grin that spreads across his face. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai angle and all our ads use the tracks no control in chiefs by jazzar that's j-a-h-z-z-a-r all of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org when it comes to dumb dumbs and dice you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our twitter and instagram are at dumdumdice and on facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice we've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice and most importantly you can join our patreon of darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice that's d-u-m-b d-u-m-b d-i-c-e sleep well children of the night. Ah, 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 spooky. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Fire Unfriendly, Logan, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.